represent a seaside saga of post-war peer perpetuation, written by Harold Snowden and Michael Knowles, starring John LeMessurier as Arthur Wilson, Ian Lavender as Frank Pike, and Bill Pertwee as Mr Hodges in... It sticks out half a mile! The time, 1948. The place, Framborn-on-Sea, somewhere on the south coast. Ah, good morning, Mr. Wilson. Sorry to have kept you. Ah, morning, Mr. Johnson. Uh, what can I get you? Uh, coffee, please, and one of your delicious currant buns. Right you are. Uh, how are things at the bank? Well, actually, I've had a rather trying morning, so I, I thought I'd slip in here for a little peace and quiet. Uh, well, I can't promise you a little peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Highly amusing. <clears throat> I, I won't be a second. Uh, I... Oh, good. Found you, Uncle Arthur. Uh, so you have, Frank. They told me at the bank you'd probably be here. Well, that was extremely thoughtful of them. I just wanted to say thank you for yesterday. Why? What did I do? Well, you know, hmm? putting in a good word at the town hall for me and Mr Hodges. Oh, and, and of course, for helping out with the loan to buy the pier. Did I do that? Hmm? Oh, it wasn't a, a bad dream after all. Anyway, when it came to my coffee break this morning, I thought, I know what I'll do. Have some coffee? No. No, I thought, blow the coffee. I'll go and thank Uncle Arthur. Well, that's very nice. But you really needn't have bothered. Mind you, there is just one thing. Yes. I, uh, I don't quite know how to put this, but uh, I'm a little worried about your teaming up with Hodges. Why? Well, I'm not sure that he is altogether, you know, straight. <laughs> You don't think he's mixed up with the mob, do you? What? <laughs> mixed up with the mob, you know, like, like Edward G. Robinson in Little Caesar. No, no, no. I, no, I, I don't think he's, uh, no, mixed up with the mob. Huh? But he might sort of uh, lend them a hand if they were busy. <laughs> there you are, Mr Wilson. Coffee and a current bun. Ah, oh, thank you. Ooh, that bun looks good. I think I'll have one of those, please. Really? You sure you've got time? Oh, yes, we're not busy. Uh, by the way, Mr Johnson, this is Mr Pike. He's uh, uh, taken over the pier. Oh, well, it keeps him off the streets, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's another coffee and a bun, <laughs> Yes, please, yes, 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 yes. I'm ever so excited, Uncle Arthur. <laughs> I can't think why. You must have had uh, coffee and a bun before. <laughs> no! No, I, I mean about the pier. Oh, I see, yes, yes. I can't wait to be a typhoon. Tycoon. Pardon? I can't wait to be a tycoon. Do you want to be one as well? <laughs> Look, Frank, wouldn't you be happier just concentrating on your job at Woolworths? Oh, no. No, I've got a taste for higher things now. It's all happening, Uncle Arthur. No, no, no. Just calm down, Frank. Mum's ever so thrilled as well. Is she? Yeah. Didn't you notice when you had breakfast at our place this morning, she gave you real butter instead of mixing it with margarine. Oh. <laughs> Did she really? I mean... I can't think of any other reason why I should do that, can you? No. <laughs> oh, incidentally, mm? that was the third time you've had breakfast with us this week. I mean, wouldn't it be easier to have it at your own place? Well, sometimes there isn't time to get back there. <laughs> back from where? Well, uh, well, I don't know, from uh, wherever I've been. <laughs> oh, yes, I see. Yeah. Anyway... I also wanted to say sorry. What for? You know, for bringing up that business of you and 
glorious Smith having an no, affair. No, 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 not so loud, Frank. <laughs> yes, that uh, was a bit blurred about. But uh, not that there was uh, ever anything serious between Miss Smith and I. Of course not. It's just that when I was transferred to, to Framborn, I didn't know anybody here. I mean, I, uh, I was lonely. Oh, you should have bought a budgie. <laughs> They're good company. Yeah, no, no, I needed more than that, Frank. I, I needed to converse. What about a parrot, then? Hmm? <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't really have told Mum about Gloria, you know. Wouldn't you? No, because I, I know she gets very jealous about things like that. Yeah, she does seem to, yeah. Funny, that, really. Hmm. I mean, you're not married to Mum and you're not walking out with her, are you? <laughs> no, well, no, she's uh, never been uh, that keen on walking. Why does she get so jealous, then? Well, I... I... Uh, there you are. Ah. One coffee and one currant bun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you enjoy them. Ooh. Oh, these are lovely buns, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, They're so full of currants. When Mum makes them, I'm lucky if I get one. <laughs> these, these are a lot better than Mum's. I wouldn't tell her that if I were you. How does he manage to get all these currants? I bet they're black market. You don't know that? Oh, Yes. These are definitely under-the-counter currants. <laughs> Frank, please. I'm, I'm really going to make a go of this pier, Uncle Arthur. I can see it now. All brightly painted with bunting and flashing lights. Hundreds of people, all the sideshows, trips round the bay, bands playing. I admire your enthusiasm, music. Frank, but there's an awful long way to go yet. Hmm? All you've got at the moment is a lot of rusty ironwork and half a mile of rotten planking with a hole in the middle. <laughs> Me and Mr Hodges have got great plans. Oh, my God, have you? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to going round the pier this afternoon. You will come, won't you? Yes, I can't wait. Mm. These currant buns are really mm. good. We shall need a lot of cakes when we reopen the pier cafe. I think I'll talk to Mr Johnson about that. Yes, well, if you must. Anyway, I ought to be off. Won't you have another mm. cup of coffee? No, I must get back to the bank. I might get a bit of peace and quiet there. Cheerio, Frank. Cheerio, Uncle Arthur. Two coffees mm -hmm. and two currant buns. That's uh, one and threepence, please. Right. Oh, tell me, Mr Johnson, if I wanted to buy, say, 2,000 currant buns, would you charge me a special rate? Well, that would depend. On what? On whether you wanted to take them away or eat them here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yes, come in. Yes, Miss Perkins? Mr Wilson, mm -hmm. I'm sorry to bother you, but I've got a bit of a problem. Oh, dear. Not trouble at home, I hope. Oh, no, no, I've got this rather unpleasant man. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Perkins, but I, I really cannot get involved in your private life. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I mean he's outside. Oh. He wants to see you and he hasn't got an appointment. Oh, hasn't he? No, and he's being rather aggressive. What's his name? Mr Hodges. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, well, he would be aggressive. And there's another thing I've noticed about him. Mm. He's got rather dirty fingernails. I can't stand that sort of thing. <laughs> well, that's because he's always sticking mud on his potatoes to make them weigh more. <laughs> what is he, a greengrocer? I'm afraid so, yes. Anyway, what does he want? He said something about a loan. A loan? Good Lord, he's the last person on earth I'd give a loan to. Well, what shall I tell him? Well, just say I'm very busy and I, I can't be disturbed. Oh, oh, right. Good heavens. Fancy Hodges asking me for a loan. <laughs> 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 what happened next? <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, um, I'll go and tell him then. Oh, Mr Hodges, 
Is his lordship ready to see me? No, I'm afraid he can't. He's so terribly busy this morning. Oh, what's he doing? Cooking the books? Of course. <laughs> Look, I'm the chief cashier. Can I help? Listen, I want to talk to the organ grinder, not his monkey. <laughs> Funny, I'd have thought he would have wanted me to sign something, seeing as how he's given me this loan, but if he's too busy... Oh, uh, uh, just a minute, Mr Hodges. Did you say Mr Wilson has made you a loan? That's right, but... Uh, uh, oh, well, um, would you mind waiting just a minute while I check with him? No, not at all. I thought you might uh, change your tune. Well, I shan't be a moment. Come in. I'm sorry to disturb you again, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> That's quite all right, Miss Perkins. I still can't get over Hodges asking for a loan. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he says you've already given him one. Well, he must think I'm mad. What did you say? <laughs> he says you've already given him a loan. Well, I don't understand. You must have got it wrong. That's what he says. Oh, Lord. Well, you'd better send him in. Right you are, Mr. Wilson. Would you like to come in, Mr. Hodges? Oh, thank you. Oh, good morning, Mr. Wilson. Uh, or perhaps... Uh, I should say, Arthur. I don't know. Mr. Wilson will do fine. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Perkins. That'll be all. Very well, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> well, I must say it's very good of you to see me, seeing as how you're so very busy. Not at all. Always glad to see an old uh, <clears throat> friend. Actually, I, I was rather intrigued. Miss Perkins came to me with this extraordinary story about me having given you a loan. That's right, you have. But when? I mean, how? I... I I don't understand. Well, my half of the 5000 to buy the pier. But all I did was to lend Frank his half. When he wrote the cheque for £5,000, I assumed you'd already given him your share. You've got to be joking. Where would I get that sort of money? I'm a greengrocer. My carrots come out of the ground. They're not the 22-plated variety. <laughs> yeah, very funny. No, no, that loan was for both of us, 2500 each. For both of you? I had no idea. Well, obviously, Pikey didn't make it very clear. He certainly didn't. Well, I mean, he's not the brightest of lads, is he? Well, he, he's easily led. And I'm sorry, but I'm afraid this just isn't on. I dread to think what head office's uh, reaction will be. Here, what are you doing? Well, I'm phoning Pike to tell him the loan is cancelled. Ah, is that Woolworth's? Um, Arn Mungerich, please. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, we'll see. Oh, is that Arne Mungary? That's right. Frank Pike, Deputy Assistant Under Manager speaking. Oh, good. Now, we have now listen. listen. Lighters, wire wall. Frank! Copper kettles, clotheslines, galvanised buckets. Frank! Grass doll knocker. Oh. Hello, Uncle Arthur. Didn't know it was you. Now, listen, Frank. Something has sort of uh, come to light. Oh, yes. And as a result, I'm afraid I'm going to have to cancel your loan. Cancel the loan? Yes, I- I'm afraid so. You can't do that, Uncle Arthur. You promised. I'm really awfully sorry, Frank, but I'm afraid there's been some double dealing going on. What are you looking at me for? What? <laughs> if you don't give me the loan, how am I going to become a high-powered typhoon? Well, you'll just have to become... <laughs> you'll just have to become one some other way. What's Mum going to say? Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I, I'll explain it to her. Oh. Well, while you're doing that, you'd better explain to her about Gloria Smith. And how you and she were... Um... Now, <clears throat> look, Frank. Yes? On second thoughts, <laughs> perhaps we've been a bit hasty. Perhaps I'm, uh, perhaps I'm jumping to conclusions. Does that mean we've still got the loan? Well, uh, let's put it this way. Have uh, we still got it? Uh, 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 yes, yes. I suppose you could say that. <laughs> so I can 
can still be a typhoon after all. Oh, yes. Very well, if you want to. Oh, thank you, Uncle Arthur. Mum won't half be pleased. I say, Uncle Arthur, hmm? you're not going to get into trouble with head office over this, are you? Oh, don't you worry, Frank. Actually, I'm quite looking forward to an early retirement. Oh, that's all right, then. Goodbye, Uncle Arthur. Bye. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. What's up? I'm afraid Frank's rather cut up about all this. Well, I'm not exactly over the moon. Yes, well, uh, it's like this, you see. Frank has taken it rather badly. Now, I have to ask myself, have I the right to stop a promising, dynamic young executive on the brink of a brilliant career? Who are you talking about now? Well, Frank, of course. <laughs> oh, I didn't recognise the description for a moment. Sounded more like Paul Getty. <laughs> yeah. I think the bank has a duty to nurture young talent. And not so young talent. Quite. Do I take it, then, that uh, we have got the loan after all? Yes, yes, it, it would seem so. Uh, well done, Arthur. <laughs> you won't regret it. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. <laughs> Come on, you two, we haven't got all day. Oh, dear, dear. Why does Hodges always have to shout? Come on, Uncle Arthur. All right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello, Mr Hodges. Hello there, Parky. Mr Wilson. Well, let's have a gander at the pier then, shall we? That's what we're here for. Yes. Isn't it exciting, Uncle Arthur? Well, no, not really, no. It's a bit chilly, actually. Come on, then. In we go. I think you might find that a bit difficult. Rubbish. We've only got to go through the gate. Blimey, it's locked. Yes, that's just what I was going to say. There's an enormous padlock on it, you see. All right, all right. I know what a padlock looks like. I don't know what they're playing at. The town clerk's office definitely told me it would be open. But I'll just have to smash it open, that's all. Do you think that's wise? Hey, hey, you, you there. What do you think you're doing to those gates? You talking to me? I'm not talking to the ruddy seagulls. <laughs> that is council property you're defaming. As a matter of fact, these are my gates. And mine. Why? What are you, scrap merchants? How dare oh. you? <laughs> I'm Mr Hodges and this is Mr Pike. You are looking at the new owners of the pier. Come on, pull the other one. No, no, no. Strange as it may seem, it's the truth. Who are you? This is Uncle Arthur. Um, Mr Wilson, the manager of Swallows Bank. Ah, yeah, I recognise you now. Hey, what are you doing with these two? Well, it's a long story. You see, I was sitting in my office one day... Quietly minding my own business when... Look, uh, we haven't got time for all that. Come on, open up! Yeah, dear mind. I'm not supposed to be near loud noises. I've got a perforated eardrum. You will have a perforated something else if you don't open these gates. <laughs> Uncle Arthur, what's a perforated eardrum? Well, it means he's got a sort of hole in his ear. <laughs> well, we've all got that, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Look, would you mind awfully opening the gates, Mr... Uh... Uh, Guthrie. Guthrie. Well, all right, then, seeing as it's you that's asking. Oh, there we are. About time. What exactly do you do on the pier, Mr Guthrie? Well, I am the chief attendant. Chief attendant? That sounds very important. Oh, it is. How many attendants are there? Hardly me. <laughs> there, there, there used to be five of us. When the war came, I was the only one that kept going. You kept going to war? No, the others went to war. I kept going here. I would have gone, but uh, what with me ear and me fallen arches? Oh, dear. And then there is me chest. Yeah. <coughs> I've a lot of trouble with that. Really? Yeah, my uh, wife, Hilda, says I am a martyr to it. I should get in touch with the radio doctor if I were you. I did. What did he say then? Well, he wanted much help. He just said get plenty of sea air. <laughs> I'd get that anyway. I've been here for 25 years. Really? Yeah, part of the fixtures I am. 
The only trouble is the damn. It gets in my joints sometimes and gives Look, me... Look, I'm quite... sure your medical history is highly fascinating, but we've got work to do, so shift over, Crabtree. The name is Guthrie. All right, shift over, Guthrie. <sighs> I've told you loud noises are bad for me. I'd suggest to you that you keep out of Mr Hodge's way, then. Well, I'm off anyway. It's time for me to inhale my fryer's balsam. <coughs> <coughs> Oh, give him balsam. Come on, then, Arthur. All right, all right, all right. I'm coming. Oh, blimey. This brings back memories. You know, I first came on this pier when I was a kid. I didn't know it was that old. <laughs> you know, sometimes, Frank, you can be awfully amusing without realising it. Oh, yes, he's a real Tommy Andley. Well, Arthur, what do you think? Well, has he got the timing? That's what makes a great comedian. Oh, I'm not talking about Pike, I'm talking about the pier. Oh, I see, I see. He looks good, doesn't he? Good, it looks fantastic. Doesn't it make your art leap, Arthur? It has the reverse effect, actually. It's a triumph of engineering, this is. Just look at that beautiful, ornate ironwork. Drop it to bits with rust. Look at the brightly painted stall. The paint's all peeling off, and this flooring looks decidedly rotten. It just needs a bit of patching up here and there. I tell you, Arthur, properly handled, this pier could be a little gold mine. I wish I had your faith. Uh, it may not look much now, but just give us a few months. You know what you get from little acorns? Big nuts. You know what I mean. Yes, well, I hope you're right. Of course I'm right. I mean, when I started, I was selling apples off a banner. And now look at me. Quite. You know, I put a manager in my shop at Warmington, so that leaves me free to conquer new fields. Talking of new fields, Arthur, who'd have thought that you'd have been made a manager? Well, it's not that surprising. It is permanent, isn't it? I mean, you're not just standing in because of illness or anything. <laughs> of course not. I told you, Bert. He's a proper one. Aren't you, Uncle Arthur? Thank you, Frank. I just wanted to make sure, that's all. By the way, Frank, did you bring a tape measure? Oh, yes, Bert. Good lad. What exactly are we going to measure? Well, I want to get a rough idea of the size of the pier. Length, width and so on. Oh, dear. What's the matter? You did bring the tape. Oh, yes. Only it's not very long. <laughs> How long is it? Five feet. Five feet? <laughs> but the pier's nearly half a mile long. It's the only one I could get. I got it from Mum's dining box. You must remember to put it back, Frank. She's shortening a pair of trousers for me tonight. Oh, never mind that. If the tape's only five foot long, how can we possibly measure anything? Well, we... We could measure the height. How? Well, we just wait for high tide, then hang the tape over the side, and if it touches the water, we know the pier's five feet high. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. I worked that out all by myself, Uncle Arthur. Yes, I know you did, Frank. That's what worries me. <laughs> Well, that's it. We've come to the end. Well, thank goodness for that. I mean, we've come to the end of this section of the pier. This is the bit that was blown up, wasn't it? Yes, that's right, yes. As a precaution against invasion. Oh, I say. What's the matter? Well, look. Look there. Isn't that just perfect? What are you talking about? Well, the Piero Theatre at the end of the pier. Look at it. Standing proud against the azure sky, framed by little white fluffy clouds, shot through with rays of sunlight... <laughs> I can almost hear the laughter of bygone audiences wafting up through the caved-in roof. <laughs> oh, blimey. I think you put that very nicely, Uncle Arthur. Mm. It was just like something out of an FLM Dell book. Thank you, Frank. Right, now then, the thing is, how do we get across there? Well, you're surely not thinking of trying to get over to the other side. Why not? You were the one who's just been going on about the theatre. Yes, well, it's all right to look at it from a distance, but I don't want to get too intimate with it. <laughs> Look, Mr. Rogers, 
There's a sort of rope bridge joining the two sections. It looks rotten to me. No, of course it isn't. Here, do you want to go first, Frank, uh, as you're the lightest? Um, no, 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 no. It's all right. Oh, it'll have to be me then, won't it? You would think you really should. I mean, it, it does look terribly flimsy. Oh, blimey, I don't know. Two stalwarts of the home guard, and it takes the ARP to show them what to do. Now, look, all you do is you, you put your feet yeah. into this bottom yes, all right. rope here, yes. like, like that, and, yeah. then, I, I, and, all right. and hold tight at the top ropes, yeah. like this. Oh, do be careful, Bert. It's Char's play. Just watch what I do, then you two can follow me over. Yes, well, I, I don't really think I'm up to it. Well, there's nothing to it. It's, it's easy so long as you just keep going. Oh, 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 oh! Fallen Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah, so he has. <laughs> Are you all right, Mr. Rogers? Of course I'm not all right. Look here, ho- hold on to the rope. What the? Do you think I'm doing? <laughs> he sounds a bit cross, doesn't no, we he? We did warn him, didn't we? I had simply said it looked unsafe. Yes, you did. I remember you did. I've a good mind to leave him down there. Why? Well, I haven't got over the way he tricked me into that loan. Two stop gym wagging. I'm in the water down here. All right, Miss Rogers, we'll be with you in a minute. Don't go away. Where the <laughs> do you think I'm going? On the other hand, if we don't pull him up, the bank will never get its money. Come on, Uncle Arthur. Give me a hand. Come on. All right then, all right, all right. One, two, yeah. three. <laughs> Mr. Rogers! What is it? We're bringing you up now. I can see that! Get on with it! He hasn't lost that fatal charm, has he? What? Oh, never mind. We're nearly there. All right, Hodges. All right. Give me your hand. There you are. Come on. Come on. Took you long enough, didn't it? Well, there's absolutely no need to be so grateful. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Hodges, you're all wet. Well, now, isn't that a surprise? You do look funny. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror recently? Hey, oh, no, hey. What's going on here? Yeah. Didn't you see the sign? No swimming allowed off the pier. <laughs> That's all I need. Witty remarks from a walking medicine chest. You ought to get those wet clothes off, Bert. You'll catch your death. If I take my clothes off, I'll be even colder, stupid. Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> Mr Gatti. Do you think you could possibly find something for Mr. Hodges to wear? But what do you have in mind? I've got a bit of tarpaulin. Or oh, 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 some old sacking they used to wrap the fish in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think perhaps a boiler suit or something similar. All right, I'll see what I can do. Here you are, Mr. Hodges. Look, you can borrow my Mac to put round your shoulders. Oh, Tar. It's very kind of you, Pikey. Why don't you go and sit down by the railings over there? Look, you'll be out of the wind a bit. That's uh, a good idea. Oh, dear. <laughs> dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. What's so funny, Uncle Arthur? <laughs> well, it's just that I, I rather thought this pier venture might land one of you in deep water, but I have no idea it'd be so soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, don't lean back, Bert. That railing's all rusty. Ah! <laughs> or so often. Get the rope again. No, hold on, I've got an idea. Oh, dear. Have you? Bert, are you still down there? Where the... Do you think I am? 
Why don't you swim back to the shore? And why don't you go and get... Look, now, look, that way we can measure the length of the pier properly. All we have to do is count your strokes as you go along, turn them into feet, divide by two. See, every two strokes will be six feet. Idiot fool! Have... Just wait till I get back up there! I've said it before and I'll say it again! Hooligan! <laughs> You've been listening to It Sticks Out Half a Mile, starring John LeMessure as Arthur Wilson, Ian Lavender as Frank Pike and Bill Pertwee as Mr Hodges, whose characters were originally created by Jimmy Perry and David Croft. Also in the cast were Vivienne Martin as Miss Perkins, Glyn Edwards as Guthrie and Michael Bilton as Mr Johnson. It Sticks Out Half a Mile was written by Harold Snowd and Michael Knowles and produced by Martin Fisher. Looking ahead, our favourite blundering civil servants will be trying to organise a military display. That's when Richard Murdoch and Derek Guiler star in Seal of Office, our episode of The Men from the Ministry. That's at this time tomorrow. The Moth Radio Hour. Sunday mornings at 11 and again in the evening at 7. On BBC Radio 4 Extra. Growing up, I had a really hard time with embarrassment. I'd get embarrassed really easy, and uh, if I felt uncomfortable in a situation, fear would take over and turn it into this like really acute chagrin. If a teacher called on me in class, or if I was talking to a pretty girl, if I was in public with my mom, I mean, forget about it. It was just like, <laughs> my face would just go crazy bright red, and my ears would get all hot crimson, and I would sweat. It was the worst kind of like hot Mr. Potato Head feeling. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it before, you know, and it's just like I could be having a normal conversation with someone and then boom, red, sweat. And it would make the other person feel super uncomfortable, you know, and they'd look at you like, ooh, damn. What just happened, you know? And when I got to college, it actually got worse, you know? I was way out of my comfort zone and the problem actually ramped up a little bit and I started having like panicky, attacky kind of feelings, so. I wanted to meet people, I wanted to have a normal life, I wanted to meet girls, I wanted to live out loud. I, I had this thing, I felt like I needed to play in a band and the idea of being on stage with this red face the whole time was not punk rock, you know? And so it was just like, I figured I needed to do something about it. So I put my young mind to the task of trying to solve this problem and the bright idea I came up with was that I should get a job, some kind of challenging, mind-bending, part-time job, you know? <laughs> It was, it was gonna be the thing. It was gonna take me completely out of my element and it was gonna take fear past its pole and extrapolate this negativity towards confidence and happiness and it was a tall order. And nonetheless, I got up every morning and over coffee, I'd flip through the paper and look through the want ads and it was full of the same old stuff, you know, office jobs and restaurants and hotels and construction and nothing sounded scary enough, but towards the end of the last week, the first week of, of looking, I found it, and it was right there on the page, and all of its awful, disgusting glory, it made me cringe, and, and I looked at it, and my fear compass, it hit an all-time high, and all it took was a few words in bold black print, clowns needed. <laughs> no experience necessary. So, 
I run to the phone before I can change my mind, and I'm like, uh, hi, this is Matt Brown. I'm, I'm calling about the job. And the, I hear this nice lady on the phone say, someone's called about the job. And she comes back, you know, and she says, we accept. If you can come in today, then we could train you, and we have a few jobs for you this weekend. So it's Thursday, so I... I beat it down to the office and I spend the rest of the day at Party Animals headquarters uh, learning about clowning and makeup and balloon animals and magic and juggling. A couple things I had to learn on my own, like how to not get punched all day by a bunch of 11-year-olds. But the standard gig was like a 45-minute birthday party for a kid and you would go, you know, and I accepted two of these for the following weekend and I, I went home with this sack of clothes and, and toys and games and Saturday rolled around, it was the first gig, and I got up bright and early, and I was in the bathroom, and I was putting on my makeup, and I was realizing that this is much harder than I thought it was going to be. I, I don't have a steady hand or much of an attention for detail. And my Going concern. But it's by no means a lost cause. Uh, look, Mr. Uh, uh, Captain Mannering, I think I ought to be honest with you. Because at the time of the last General Purposes Committee, we hadn't received any offers for the pier... It was unanimously decided to invite tenders for its demolition. It may have been allowed to deteriorate, but it was great once, and with planning and vision, it could be great again. It sticks out a mile. Half a mile, actually. What did you say? <laughs> Here, George, it sticks out half a mile. Quite easy. Very droll. <laughs> All that pier needs is a man of foresight 